Timothy. Okay. Y'all didn't know. I just told Timothy that I've changed my mind. I'm going to advance the slides. Okay. Timothy, <laughs> Timothy came up and asked me, and I, I think, I think from now on, Timothy, I'll just say instead of using that sign language we came up with, I think I'll just say that uh, Timothy, I'm going to change. I've changed my mind. I'm going to do the slides. Okay. I appreciate it. Yes. This is a sermon that could never end. I mean, truly. This is a sermon that if y'all let me, I could just preach and preach and preach and preach. And, hey, you know, you'd be, you'd be looking at me. We could go on and on and on and on about a topic this evening. The Gospel of Mark, if you'll turn your Bibles there, the Gospel of Mark is God-breathed and, and true Yet God allowed the voice of the author to shine through. What I mean is this, Matthew's gospel was written primarily for a Jewish audience, whereas Mark was written more for a Gentile audience. I've been reading a book called Life Words, Clearly Understanding the Bible by Brother Keith Roberts. He writes that Mark probably got most of his details about Jesus' life from the Apostle Peter. Peter calls Mark his son in, in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 13. And Brother Roberts quotes an early Christian writer, Papias, who lived from 70 to 155 A.D. That He says that Mark's, Mark was uh, Peter's assistant. He was Mark's emmanuensis. He was Mark's assistant. The apostles' stories about Jesus' life, he, he wrote these down. He, he, he wrote them down while Peter dictated them. And these became the book of Mark. And this was distributed in Rome around 60 or 70 A.D. Brother Roberts makes a great observation. He says, since Mark's gospel was written for a Gentile audience, it tells more about what Jesus did than, a, than about what Jesus said. And that's very true. I mean, if you look at the, at the very first chapter of Mark, it talks about Jesus driving out the evil spirits. And from there, it just keeps going. Tell them what Jesus did. Here's the observation that I found. Mark tell, tells us of, of Jesus' power and what Jesus did. But at the end of the book, if you'll turn to the, to the last chapter in Mark, at the end of the book, he turns the table on the disciples and he turns the table on us. And using the words of Christ tells us to get busy. Get busy. In Mark chapter 16, Jesus has, has already faced Pilate. He's already been beaten. He's already gone to Hades. He's already uh, been laid in a tomb. And in chapter 16, Jesus triumphantly rises from the dead. Look at, look at verse 14. Later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table. And he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had sent him after he had risen. The words of this rebuke are not recorded, but the subjects of the rebuke are their unbelief and their hard-heartedness. They were a hard-hearted bunch. They were an unbelieving bunch. How many times have you been in the same boat about the gospel of Jesus Christ. How many times have you sat unbelieving and hard-hearted? Why? Why? 
when you're asked to obey the gospel or you're, you're asked to teach or you're, you're asked to, to, to work in this area in the congregation or, you're, or you're, you're, you're asked just to come and help someone, why do you refuse? Why do you refuse? Is it too overwhelming? Is it too hard? Is it the fact that you've, you've got to follow a, a crucified Jesus Christ? Is that the reason? Jesus rebuked them and you who have heard the word over and over and over again but have not obeyed. Why? Why won't you, why won't you act on what the scriptures say? If you hear an urgency, if you hear an urgency in my voice, it's because the urgency is here. The urgency is here. The urgency is here. It's on purpose. Jesus put it there on purpose. You have correctly surmised the underlying current of the thought. There is an urgency if you feel it right now. This urgency is created by Jesus Christ in the very next verse. Verse 15. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. In this verse lives our command for the day. The beginning of the command is, is to go. Go. Jesus is going away. He will not be here physically to do this for you. And as the body of Jesus Christ on this earth, it's up to you to go. At one point, Jesus, he cautioned the disciples. At one point in his ministry, he cautioned the disciples not to tell who he was. Matthew chapter 16, verse 20. Matthew chapter 17, verse 9. But now he unseals their lips. But, but not before they were to be clothed with power from on high. Acts chapter 1, verses 7 and 8. Which happened in Acts chapter 2. We sing the song... Bring Christ your broken life. We, we sing that song when really we should get strong enough, we should grow enough to go help their broken lives. Yes, we need to go and preach. But we also need to go and teach. John chapter 6, verse 45. We need to go and preach, but we also need to go and worship. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 19. We need to go and preach. Yes, we need to do. But we also know, need to go and, and live our daily lives in a godly way. What's said of wives in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 1? What's said of wives should be said of husbands, should be said of children, should be said of daddies, should be said of mamas. It says, wives likewise be submissive to your own husbands. Here's what should be said of all of us. That even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives when they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear. How can you go out into the world and expect to win anyone for Christ with a bad attitude? Or a potty mouth? Or, or potty fingers? You texters know what I'm talking about. How can you ex expect to have any influence for Jesus Christ 
with a life like that. If you're out there partying at the club, please stop fooling yourself. God is not pleased. You are not living a Christian life. Go and preach. Go and teach. Go and worship. Go and live right. Go and study. You will get stronger if you go and study. Your faith will increase if you study God's Word. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 12. Go and study and go and edify or build up your, your brother or sister. Comfort each other, it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 11. Go and do good unto all men, especially your brothers and sisters. Galatians chapter 6 verse 10. Go out of love. Go to lift burdens. Go to pray. Go to be helpful. Go to encourage. Go to the sick. Go to the erring. Go to those in prison. Go to the neglectful. Go to the lost. Go to all the alien sinners. Go to all the unfaithful Christians that you can find. But go. Go into all the world. All the world. That's a lot. Isn't it? That's a whole lot. All the world. And you're right if you say it's a lot. That's where the urgency comes in. If we're going to get to the known world, we must get busy. All of Portland hasn't been touched yet. All of Fountainhead hasn't been touched yet. We can do it though. We can do it. We can evangelize our little piece of the world. And we can support others all over the world. You know, I don't have to tell you this. You tell each other this every Sunday, every Wednesday, every time we're together and, and the young people sing. We tell, this, we tell this to each other. Sing with me. And I want you to tell each other what I'm telling you right now. Sing with me. I know.
that at the end of your life for the Lord Jesus to look at you and say, well done. Good job. Christians have many excuses. Let's lay them down. Let's drop them. Let's lay them down. The Lord will make a way because we serve a wonderful God. We serve a mighty God. We serve a great God. Let's sing about our God. Oh Lord my God, when I in awesome seeing how great God is and if we'll go he can be the great God to others but we got to go into all the world to everybody is he your everything is Jesus everything to you or is there something holding you back is there some kind of weight I dare you right now sing a lie my everything he is my Jesus everything to the Christian? Say amen if he is. Jesus is everything to the Christian. Is he enough in your life that you'll ask sinners, how about you? How about you? Is Jesus everything to you? 
There's so many in our world who are hurting. So many who are crying. So many who are, who are, who are just waiting for somebody to come by and tell them the truth because they've heard the lies so much that they don't trust anybody. So many are crying out. And maybe you, maybe, maybe this is the time. Maybe this is the moment. Maybe this is your moment. And maybe you'll seize this moment. So many are, are crying. Kumbaya, my Lord. Kumbaya. are waiting. People are waiting. They're in such need. They're in such need. We talked about mercy last week. We talked about mercy and how, how mercy is if you've got the wherewithal to help somebody, 
you can give mercy. You've got the truth in your hands that our people are longing for. You've got the answers. Go into all the world. There are people waiting for the Christian to come by. You know, no huge effort has to be made, but, but go. Who's waiting for you? Who's waiting for you to come by? Who's waiting for you to come by and talk? Who's waiting for you to come by and just, just listen? You don't have to have all the answers. Sometimes you just listen. Go into all the world. You know, I remember selling furniture. and My, my customer was basically limited to those who needed furniture and came into the store. Then I started selling copiers, and, and when you sell copiers, every business needs a copier. So my, 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 my customer base grew, didn't it? I could go to every business, but there was some limitations still. You know, when you're a Christian, everybody needs Jesus Christ. Everybody does. There are no limitations. Go into all the world. To the whole world, everyone, and preach. Yeah, I learned something in this study. I thought the command was to go. I thought the command was to go, but the command lives here in the word preach. That's where the command lives. Go is part of the command. The going could be done by sitting. You know, we're, we're trying to get people to go to the World Bible School dinner. You can sit there and grade papers. Send them back to people who, who want to know about Jesus Christ all over the world. You can do that by sitting in the comfort of your living room. You can go walking. You can go running. You can go riding. You can go flying. You can go texting. We've got a young lady in our, our congregation, Hannah. She, she, she sends out texts of the scriptures to a hundred people. And then I forward them to, to y'all when I get them. And then y'all may forward them to somebody else. You can go a lot of ways. Emailing, Facebooking. There's a lot of ways to go into all the world. But the command is to preach, to proclaim, to make known. You don't have to be a preacher to tell others about the only true source that offers pardon for sin and eternal life, Jesus Christ. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. The gospel is of God. Paul was separated to the gospel of God. Romans chapter 1 verse 1. In Romans chapter 15 verse 16, he was a minister of the gospel of God. The gospel originated with God and God created all things through Christ Jesus. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 9. So the gospel is of God and the gospel is of Christ. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. Romans chapter 1, verse 16, the gospel, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 4, is the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, his death on the cross, his burial in a tomb, his resurrection from the, from the dead. The gospel is the grace of God, Acts chapter 2, verse 24. It's how one is called into all the world. And preach, it's to be obeyed. 
2 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 7 says, Vengeance will be swift on those who do not obey God and those who do not obey the gospel. The gospel's the good news though. The good news. The good news of joy that Christ has come and, and, and that sin and forgiveness of sins and, and the soul can be saved. That's good news for sinners like us. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation, to every creature, to every human being. Salvation is offered to all, men and women, to all who understand what the, understands what the gospel means and are ready to obey it. We have no right to refuse the gospel to any class. We have no right to refuse the gospel to any race. We are to offer this salvation to all. And if they reject it, they do it at their own risk. You've seen the signs, swim at your own risk. Well, the gospel of salvation is refused at the risk of the refuser. God is not to blame if when told, man does not obey. That's why it's so urgent. That's why it's so urgent. The job is so big. The workers are so few. The message will save if obeyed, but, but souls are dying. And there should be an urgency to your Christianity. Jesus said in Revelation chapter 3, verse 3, I will come upon you as a thief, and you will not know what hour I come upon you. John chapter 9, verse 4, I must work the works of him who sent me while it's day. The night's coming when no one can work. Do you hear the urgency? Do you hear it? Let me read some more. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13, exhort one another daily while it's still called today. Do you hear the urgency? Do you hear the urgency in the, in the writer's voice? Mark chapter 13, verse 32. But of that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Take heed, watch and pray, for you do not know when the time is. You don't know when the time's going to be. Do you hear the urgency in my voice? Do you hear the urgency from Scripture? 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7, the end, of all, the end of all things is at hand. Matthew chapter 9, verse 37, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers, the laborers, the few. Therefore pray the Lord of harvest to send out laborers unto the harvest. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Do you hear the urgency? I can't make you. God can't make you. You've got to understand this yourself. This has got to be a part of your life. This is what it means to be a Christian. To go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Behold, now... Look, listen, listen to the urgency in the Apostle Paul's voice. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow. Today. Today. While it's still called today. 
There is an urgency to our going. For your sake and the sake of your friends, the sake of your family, strangers, everyone, go now into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Souls are dying. People are lost. People haven't heard the good news. When the gospel is preached, Jesus is preached. Acts chapter 8 verse 35. When the gospel is preached, believing is preached. Acts chapter 8 verse 37. When the gospel is preached, confession is preached. Acts chapter 8 verse 37. When the gospel is preached, repentance is preached. Acts chapter 2 verse 38. And baptism is preached. Acts chapter 8 verse 36. And baptism is made available. Acts chapter 8 verse 38. Acts chapter 2 verse 38. So the result of going into all the world and preaching the gospel to all creation is in the next verse, verse 16. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. He who believes the gospel you proclaim, believes in Christ as as their Savior, believes that Jesus is God, who came in the flesh, John chapter 1, verse 1, John chapter 1, verse 14. That Jesus is fully God and fully man, Colossians chapter 2, verse 9. If you believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and are baptized, are, are plunged into the water, these are the conditions... I've told you the conditions in obeying the gospel. I've told you the conditions to become a Christian. You can't become a Christian unless you obey the conditions that God has set forth, that Jesus Christ has commanded. Faith in Christ and obedience to His command. He who believes and is baptized. If you have been here this last month on Wednesday night, I have preached from this verse for a month. I've had it up on the board Every Wednesday night, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. You know this. You know this. I know you know this. I have stood on this solid ground all month and I've pulled you up with me. If you don't believe in Christ enough to obey him, though, you don't believe in Christ enough to obey Him. You don't have enough faith. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. He who does not believe remains in a state of unbelief and there is no promise of salvation afforded. Now I run into the tender-hearted all the time who when they were young thought they believed or, or they, they, they thought they understood what they needed to do to be saved and they come to me confused because their heart is so tender. They want to know. They want to know if they're all right or not. They want to know if they've obeyed what God said or not. Their, their heart is so tender. They, want, they love God enough. They want to obey Him. And they understand now that they didn't. They understand that they didn't know then what they know now. 
Maybe you're like that. You're unsure. You don't know. You really hadn't really thought about it until I just brought it up, maybe. Let me tell you something. Let me, let me tell you something. With all, all the love in my heart right now, if you're unsure, be sure. If you're unsure about your salvation, be sure. The truth will set you free. But if you've obeyed a misunderstanding, you, you, you didn't obey the truth. You know, there, there are some here who have never put Christ on in baptism. And I'm here to proclaim the, the urgency of the command. I'm here to proclaim the, the, the urgency of, of the gospel. And like, I could go on and on and on. I could speak all night about this. But I don't have that much time. And neither do you. We don't know when our last day will be. You know, I was, my wife and I, we were talking as I was trying to write this morning's sermon, talking about 9-11 and where we were on 9-10. Like I told you this morning, I forgot. I forgot what I was doing on, on, on September the 10th, 2001. But she, she reminded me that, that she came home and I was sitting there with my head in my hands and, and uh, my, my Aunt Tammy had died. She was, she's just six years older than myself. She was... You know, she was, she was a kid like me, died of cancer, left two little girls. So September the 11th happened, and on September the 12th, I had the privilege to, to help preach her, her funeral down in Hornwall, Tennessee. I don't remember everything I said, because I cried as I talked. But I do remember saying this. Based upon, one hap based upon what happened to our country yesterday, let me plead with you who are my family to obey the gospel. Because we don't know when our last day will be. Count the cost. Count the cost of becoming a disciple of Jesus Christ and make a decision. Let's... Let's stop talking about it. Let's start doing it. Okay? We can talk all we want to, but talk is cheap, right? We've got to start doing. Let's make a decision. Why don't you, why don't you make a decision right now to, to follow Jesus right now while today is still called today. Make a decision to put Christ on in baptism. Make a decision to make a change in your life. It's afforded to you too. Right now, it's together we stand and sing.